If you would, please turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Mark Bohal always gives me a weird look when I say that, so I'll have to preach. I have another book here for his sake. Listen to the word of the Lord. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone. But go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Thus ends the reading from God's holy word. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Amen. In 1965, November, at 5.18 p.m., there was a blackout in New York City. Actually, it was a blackout that took out most of the state as well. The area affected by the blackout was... 80,000 square miles and took in most of seven U.S. states and most of Canada's province of Ontario. The reason for the blackout was unclear, but millions of people living in New York City and the surrounding area quickly found out they had no power. The lights were out, the power was out, and many were stuck for the night in subway train stations, elevators, and tunnels under the under the East River. The blackout left some 200 planes in the air above New York's Kennedy International Airport. They had to be rerouted to airports in other states where runway lights were still burning. Overall loss in business due to the blackout, which lasted in some areas up to 13 hours, was estimated at $100 million. A tire manufacturer, for example, lost $50,000 worth of tires when the power failed during a critical curing process. A car manufacturer had to throw away 50 engine blocks because high-speed drills froze while boring piston holes. Bakeries in New York alone reported a loss of 300,000 loaves of bread, which were spoiled when the power went off. All in all, modern civilization, as Americans and Canadians knew it that November night, came to a screeching halt because the power supply was was interrupted. For Christians, we too have a power supply. And oftentimes this power supply can become interrupted in our lives. 
As we looked at the purposes of the church over the last several weeks, it became clear to me that we needed to see the power available to us to be able to achieve the daunting task before us. Last week I spoke on the power of prayer available to believers in Christ. Today we will look at the power of Jesus Christ himself that is available to us. This reading from the scripture describes Jesus talking to a leper. The leper, in fact, throws himself at Christ's feet, begging for mercy, begging to be made clean. You see, back then, lepers were outcasts. Lepers were thrown out of the city. And it wasn't just by the people. It was actually a commandment of God to throw lepers out of the camp. In Leviticus chapter 13, there are serious discussion of skin diseases and infection. And if they were found to have leprosy, a leper was cast out of the camp, thrown out of fellowship with Israel. To make matters worse, lepers were also ceremonially unclean. They could not go to God's presence. They could not enter the temple. They could not worship Yahweh. They could not present sacrifices to God. If you are reading through the Bible on a yearly basis, you know that this is the time of year where we start hitting Leviticus. And in a couple weeks, you will read those chapters. You will see the penalty, the consequence for contracting such an awful disease. One of the reasons why it was so seriously taken was that leprosy is highly contagious. Leprosy is highly contagious and lepers needed to be sent out from the people so that others would not be infected with it. Another reason is because it is a picture, in a sense, an image of sin and what sin does to each and every one of us. Sin ruins our relationships with one another. It ruins our relationship with God. There is no cure for sin in the Old Testament. The cure for sin is the worship of God and the giving of sacrifice. But for a leper who is the picture of sin, who is thrown out into the wilderness, there is no cure. In fact, the Old Testament only has two, two places where it records the healing of leprosy. Only two. Two times has God cured leprosy. And at the time where Jesus Christ comes and talks to this leper, it is believed that leprosy is incurable. Humanly impossible to cure leprosy and that only God can do it. So Jesus, approached by this leper, is faced with the situation. Do I reveal the power that I have as the Son of God? Or do I not? Well, more times than not, Jesus reveals his power. And here, the reason that he reveals his power is because he has compassion on the man. He feels compassion for the leper. It's fascinating to me because Jesus 
reaches out and touches the leper. You see, the leper was ceremonially unclean, and whoever touched the leper would become ceremonially unclean. It would taint them, and God would not accept them. In fact, Jesus reaches out and touches the man when a word would have sufficed. We know that the power of Jesus' words calmed the storm, healed the blind and deaf, cast out demons, and yet he chooses to touch a leper. He chooses to touch the untouchable. I believe the reason is to give us a lesson. No matter what we've done or what situation we might find ourselves in, no matter what we've done in our past or who we are, Jesus wants to touch you. Jesus wants to touch you with his power. And it is this power, the power of the master's touch, that the church, that Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, have available to them. As I studied the power of Jesus Christ, I found three things, and I want to share them with you. The first is this. The power of Christ is compassionate. The power of Christ is compassionate. We have all seen power that has not been used in a compassionate way, haven't we? We have all read about rulers who have ruled with an iron fist, where there was no compassion exercised. In fact, I read recently about 100 people or so that infected themselves with the HIV virus in Cuba. And the reason they infected themselves with the virus is because their lives will be far better as they die with AIDS than if they were healthy and living under the oppression of Fidel Castro and and socialism. Castro has said socialism or death. Those are your options as his people. Those are the choices that you are faced. And these people, these hundreds, this 100 people decided it is better to die with three meals provided to me, an air conditioning, and a soft, clean bed, than it is to live with the non-compassionate rule of socialism, of Fidel Castro. They decided death was better. But you see, Jesus, His power is exercised with compassion. His power is compassionate. Sometimes his compassion forces him, causes him to not exercise power. In fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came with swords and clubs to take Jesus away for trial, Jesus said, I've been teaching in your synagogues. I've been walking around with you for for weeks, for months. Why didn't you just grab me up then? Why is force necessary? Don't you know that I could call down 12 legions angels ready to fight you ready to take you out I could take more I could call down more if I wanted to but you are taking me away to fulfill prophecy you see there Jesus compassion his love for you and me drove him to the cross and caused him to not exercise the power available to him in fact it was powerful it was self control It was power that enabled him to walk to the cross for you and for me. 
Here, the power that we see Jesus exercise is the power to heal. God breaks in on human history as Jesus touches the leper. As Jesus says, be clean. I am willing to heal you. And it is a compassionate touch. It is very possible that the leper had not felt the touch of another human for several years. It's very possible. And yet Jesus touches him. His power is compassionate. And likewise, the power that the church utilizes should be compassionate. Unfortunately, historically, that has not always been the case. Unfortunately, many times today, the power the church wields is used to hurt people. It's used to guilt people. It's used to crush people's spirits. It is not used compassionately. It is not used to restore and to heal. If we intend to advance God's kingdom, we must act with power that compassionate. We must use our resources to reach out to those who are less fortunate. We must use our resources, our abilities, our talents, our time to reach out to those who are untouchable. That's what Jesus, our master, did. He is our example. And we must do the same. Well, a second point. Christ's power is compassionate and it also transforms lives. Christ's power transforms lives. In this reading, Christ's power brought healing. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe in healing anymore today. We just don't see it often enough. The only time we see it sometimes is on TV or in the movies. We watch ER or the other hospital shows and we see these doctors and nurses striving to fight for the lives of people. And I thought this might be helpful as you watch those shows. Here's a a list of medical terms you need to know and and a definition that I found. Artery. It's the study of painting. Bacteria. The back door of the cafeteria. Barium. What doctors do when their patients die. Bowel. A letter like A, E, I, O, or U. Caesarean section, a neighborhood in Rome. Cat scan, searching for a kitty. Cauterize, to make eye contact with a girl. I like that one, cauterize. Coma, a punctuation mark. Enema, someone who is not your friend. Fibula, a small lie. Nitrates, cheaper than day rates. Node, was aware of. I knowed the answer, I guess, is. Outpatient, a patient who fainted. Pelvis, an Elvis impersonator. Recovery room, a place to do upholstery. Rectum. Almost killed him. Secretion. Something you don't want anyone to know about. Seizure. A Roman emperor. 
Varicose, nearby. Vain, to be conceited. Hopefully this will aid you as you watch the uh, TV hospital dramas, but if it doesn't, I hope that it illustrates that there are many times where our medical knowledge falls short. That there are illnesses that bring death. That there are diseases we cannot cure. And ultimately, if we're all honest, we will all die. We will all face that last trial in life. We wish that we could enter into a hospital with a touch like Jesus. We wish that we could enter in there with healing power, touch people, and they would be healed. Whatever ails them would be made right. That they would live forever. That we would live forever. But you see, that's not the only power that Jesus transforms lives with. Jesus also transforms lives through the forgiveness of sin. Jesus transforms lives by freeing us from sin and from death. And ultimately, that is a far greater work than to heal our mortal body. You see, your body will not exist. It won't accompany you beyond the grave. It will in a new form. And for some of us, that's a great thing. But ultimately, it is your soul that will go with you beyond the grave. And it is your soul that must be placed in right relationship with God. Your soul, your spirit needs forgiveness of sin. We all do. You see, leprosy is this image of sin. How it taints and destroys everything it touches. And Jesus comes along and touches man with leprosy and he himself is not infected and in fact he brings healing it is a picture of what is to come on the cross that Jesus wants to touch you wants to touch me make us friends of God there was a story that Ernest Hemingway told it was a short story that he wrote it was about a man A father and a son, they became estranged from one another. The son was rebellious, and his name was Paco. It was a common Spanish name. And he ran away from home. And his father began a long and arduous search to find him. Well, as a last resort, the father placed an ad in the paper in Madrid. He was hoping that his son would read this ad. And it said this, Dear Paco, please meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon. All is forgiven. Love, Father. Well, as Hemingway tells the story, the next day at noon, in front of the newspaper office, there were 800 Pacos, all seeking forgiveness from their fathers. You see, we are all like Paco. We all need forgiveness. There is something in each one of us that's a secretion. Something we don't want others to know about. We can come to Jesus Christ. And He can touch us with forgiveness of our sin. It is truly a power that transforms our lives. 
That power makes us friends with God. It makes us servants of God. It makes us children of God. It makes us brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. It gives us eternal life. It frees us from sin and death. There's a third aspect to Christ's power that we can see in this passage, and it is this. The power of Christ invades the world and advances the kingdom of God. The power of Christ invades the world and advances the kingdom of God. Leprosy had never been healed before. It was incurable. Only two other times in the Old Testament do we know that leprosy was healed. And both times were clearly God invading human history and bringing healing. Clearly, this is an invasion force. This is something new. God is doing something different here. God is breaking in and advancing his kingdom. Christ's power does that. It's funny because you see at the end of this passage where Jesus tells the man, don't tell anybody. Just go and do what you're supposed to do in Leviticus 14. In Leviticus 14, if you've ever read it, it's, it's somewhat of a barbaric chapter. It describes the ceremony that a leper is supposed to participate in when they have found to be clean of leprosy. And in that ceremony, they were supposed to take two birds, either two pigeons or two doves, to the, to the temple. And they were supposed to give both to the priest. And the priest was supposed to take one into the presence of God and wring the bird's neck. And then he was supposed to tear the bird apart. And with blood from that dead bird, he was supposed to dip his finger in the blood. And he was supposed to take that blood mixed with oil and place it on the other bird's side. Stain the other live bird with the blood. And then with the rest of the blood, he was supposed to take his finger and place some of it on the leper's right earlobe. And some on the leper's thumb. And some on the leper's right big toe. And it was a picture of what Jesus Christ was going to do for us on the cross. He was going to die in our place and shed his blood for us. But ultimately, he would raise again, stained by the blood, and yet fly away, ascend into heaven. And then we would take, who believe in Jesus Christ, would take the mark of his blood upon us to purify us, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It is that power that Christ invades this world with, that he transforms lives with, that he moves compassionately with. It is fascinating that he told the leper not to tell anyone, and yet he went and told someone. He told a lot of someones. It is also equally fascinating that Jesus commands us to tell others, and yet we don't so often, that we keep silent. It seems that we have a propensity as humans for disobedience of Jesus Christ. Whether he tells us to do something or he tells us not to do something, it seems we often pick the other. Fortunately, that same power that commands us forgives us. And it is that power that we have available to us as a church. So my challenge to us, as First Christian Church, is to move mightily with the power of Jesus Christ. That we would do it compassionately. 
that our ministry here would transform lives. That we ultimately would be known as a church that invades the world with Christ's power and advances God's kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you, the Almighty God, Everlasting Father, that we can come to you with those needs and concerns on our hearts. You hear us, you are willing, and you are able to reach down and touch us, no matter what point we are in our lives, no matter what we've done, no matter how unlovable we might feel. We know that you still love us. We thank you for that. May we be known as a church that moves powerfully in your name. May we move compassionately to transform lives through Jesus Christ. Amen.